We've got some season-ending injuries before the season even starts. Plus, we will review today some of the teams that did the best and some of the teams that did not do so well during this offseason. All that and more coming up on this episode of the Locked On NHL Podcast. Your Locked On NHL, your daily podcast on the National Hockey League. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. And happy Friday, everybody, and welcome to the Friday edition of the Locked On NHL podcast. I am Gil Martin. You can follow me on Twitter at IceWarsNYRVSNYI. And with me, as always, on Friday, Rachel Donner. You can follow her on Twitter at RMiriam. And uh, happy Friday, Rachel. Happy Friday. Man, we have to talk about some negative stuff today, but uh, the weekend is here anyway, so let's do it. Yeah, let's let's try to think positive, but some some pretty uh, bad injury news coming in the last 24 hours. And, you know, part of it, Vegas Golden Knights goaltender Robin Lehner looks like he's going to miss the entire season. He's going to need hip surgery. No timeline officially given. But, uh, you know, Lehner is such a a big story the last few years and a guy a lot of fans do rally behind for numerous reasons. And now for him to miss the uh, possibly the entire season, a big blow both to him and to the Vegas Golden Knights. And we haven't even started training camp yet. Yeah. And you have to think back, I think, a little bit to Vegas making the decision to go with Robin Lanner instead of Marc-Andre Fleury. Of course, Fleury got traded to the Minnesota Wild. And I, I think that, or sorry, he got traded to Chicago and then Chicago. wound up with yeah. the Minnesota Wild uh, later on. But I, I think that it's just an unfortunate situation for them, but in some ways a situation of their own doing. And they're in a real tough spot goaltending-wise and um, a little foreshadowing but we will be talking about Vegas overall I I would surmise later in the show yeah but uh you know they do have a decent guy in Logan Thompson uh this past season he was 10 5 and 3 with a 2.68 goals against average a 914 save percentage um he started 17 games and was brought in in two additional games over the course of the season and they they could end up having him with that little you know kind of experience from this past year as their top goaltender yeah i mean on my end uh i've already heard some rumors oh yeah they'll they'll get simeon varlama from the islanders and and mm -hmm. let Marley take but again i that hasn't come from a source that i know and trust it makes sense on a certain level but whether or not there's really any any uh, smoke there remains to be seen. But, uh, yeah, all of a sudden, no proven options, really, uh, for the Vegas Golden Knights in goal. And, you know, when you, when you look at it more from Laner's standpoint, I mean, he is, what is he, 31 years old right now? And, and it gets a little tougher for him to 
come back and maybe reestablish himself as a number one goalie, obviously, depending on how the surgery and his recovery goes. Yeah. And of course he's had multiple injuries, right? Where he was already out for the season uh, before it ended with some injuries, had surgery and was in theory on track to be back for the start of this upcoming season. And then lo and behold, this happens. So, I mean, you do have to feel for the guy. Uh, Absolutely. And I know during his one season with the Islanders, when he made public his battles about his mental health and, and everything that he went through, you know, that was a very brave thing. He got a lot of support from fans around the league, really, uh, in disclosing what he went through. And, and so many people were rooting for him after that, not just as a player, but just as a person. And, you know, to have him suffer this setback, it, it's especially poignant to a lot of people, I think. Yeah, I, I do think so. And I certainly hope that while he's out, he's able to still be a part of the team and still, you know, make community appearances and, and such so that um, he does remain, you know, an active voice in hockey. Yeah, let's let's hope that he is able to do that. And unfortunately, uh, you know, Robin Lehner, not the only player with some bad news, the Carolina Hurricanes finding out that Max Pacioretty needs surgery to repair a torn Achilles tendon, and he's going to miss six months. Uh, you know, that that puts him out until at least the midway point of the season. Yeah, it is really unfortunate. And, I, you know, I remember not too many weeks ago us talking about the different moves that some teams had made, and one of the amazing things again mentioning Vegas uh, that was able to happen because of Vegas's cap problems they gave Max Pacioretty along with uh, Dylan Coughlin to Carolina for free it was like future (laughs) considerations and you know while Pacioretty is a little bit older now you know he's still a, a decent scorer and he was supposed to be a huge part of this carolina you know continuation of them leading the metro division um and, and part of their improvement that they did over this off season and now you know especially with an acl tear 6 months is you know pretty generous on the recovery for that and i, I think that's kind of an if everything goes right scenario <clears throat> for him well, it's, it's a torn Achilles, so it's a little Achilles, different than sorry. the knee. But yeah, it, it is major yeah. surgery. It's not, it's not like, you know, four to six weeks and you're, and you're back skating. So it, it is a major deal. And look, Patchy already had 37 points in 39 games last year with Vegas, 19 goals, 18 assists. That's darn good production. And Carolina has good offensive players to put around him. He had a lot of uh, potential to have a great season. He still may. It just won't happen right away. Yeah, I just I'm not going to like count any chickens with him in terms of coming back, you know, halfway through the season. It could be uh, a much later return than we're thinking. It definitely could be. And I mean, six months from now, we're talking February. And, mm-hmm. uh, you know, I, I guess. For the Hurricanes, if all goes well, you could almost sort of pencil in Max Pacioretty as their first trade deadline acquisition because that's almost 
what it's going to feel like if he comes back in February or March. Yeah, I'm just curious to see how they kind of account for that. Because if you look at the rest of what they did this offseason, they didn't really make a ton of other big moves on the forward side because they got handed this gift. Yeah. So um, I, I certainly, you know, I certainly hope Pacioretty comes back. I like him as a player. Um, and I think that he's just had some unfortunate circumstances. And, you know, to be honest, he is a little injury prone. So, um, but I'm certainly rooting for him. I just don't want to like count on it or have Carolina count on it. Yeah, no, they, you can't count on it. Uh, it's always tricky. And Achilles is a tricky injury. Hopefully he's able to recover and come back. And yeah, I mean, Carolina, didn't make any other moves because they didn't feel they had to. Now they will be able to stash him on LTIR at least. Mm -hmm. So they will be able to free up some cap space. Uh, but then we may, do we have another possible Tampa Bay lightning situation on our hands where, you know, he comes back for the playoffs and their cap, they're way over the cap at that point. Yeah. They, they're going to have some interesting choices to make, but you know, I do think that Rod Brindamore is really good at adjustment. And so I, I do have a real strong faith that they'll figure it out. Yeah. So we will find out shortly what plan B is for the Carolina hurricanes. Yeah. I'm not uh, sure they know what it is yet, but because no, it's pretty new. <laughs> Yeah, well, here. hopefully a, a fast and speedy recovery for both Robin Lehner and Max Pacioretty. But we, we've got a lot more to discuss on this episode. We'll talk about some of the teams that had really good, strong off seasons and some of the teams that have not done as well this off season. But first, Rachel, why don't you uh, talk to us a little bit about our friends at Bet Online? BetOnline.net is your number one source for all your betting needs and sports information. You can find league reviews and news on every league, including Major League Baseball and all of the best info leading up to next year's NFL, NBA, and NHL seasons. They even cover combat sports, esports, and golf. Bet. Online is your continued source for all your sports wagering information from live betting to scores and podcasts and more. It's the fastest and easiest way to check in on all your favorite sports and events coming up. So head to the Bet Online website today or use your mobile device to learn more about all the trends in action. Bet Online, where the game starts. And we want to thank you again for making Locked On NHL your first listen every day. We are free and available on all platforms. So, Rachel, uh, the offseason, we're, we're kind of past the, the high-intensity uh, making news every day part of the offseason where you have the draft and all the trades associated with it, and then you have free agency and, you know, arbitration, all, all that stuff is mostly in the rearview mirror now. So we mm -hmm. wanted to take a little time to take stock of, you know, some teams that did really well so far this offseason and some teams that did not do very well. Let's start with the winners. Uh, what team would you put at the top of your list for having a very uh, positive offseason? Uh, I think for me, it's 
the Ottawa Senators. Mm -hmm. I think that they just did tremendous. You know, I don't think they took the biggest step forward of anybody, but I think that considering how far they had to go, they made significant progress. And I think two parts of it, maybe three, uh, are the biggest aspects to it. So first of all, the Debrinkat deal was absolutely stellar. I think they won that trade. I mean, time will tell. But I think that they didn't give up as much as maybe would have been expected, or at least based on initial conversations in terms of what the Blackhawks wanted for him. And so I think what they gave up was not terrible at all. And they get an instant goal scorer to add to their lineup. So that was the first thing. The second thing they did that I think will improve them tremendously is they got better in goal. So they traded Matt Murray to Toronto and then got Talbot from Minnesota. So now they have a tandem of Talbot and Anton Forsberg, which I think is a significant improvement for them. Is it the best tandem in the league? No, of course (laughs) not. But I think it's going to provide a much more stable backstop for them than had been there before. And then just as a bonus, they signed free agent Claude Giroux. Who? (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, and, and that'll give him some veteran leadership and some experience and, uh, uh, you know, a guy who could still be productive on the ice. So I, I agree with you. I think uh, Ottawa did very well this offseason. An- another team that I think uh, has to be on this list is Columbus. And, uh, you know, they're in the teams that we cover, their divisions, so there is that. But, uh, you know... Adding Johnny Goudreau has got to be up there on the list. And then re-signing Patrick Lanay on top of that, sort of keeping uh, the guy who was their, one of their top goal scorers and bringing in one of the better players in the league in Goudreau, that's, that's got to be considered a win. Yeah, I think you're right. I think this is uh, very similar to the Ottawa situation is that they weren't really the worst, but they still have a long way to go. And this really helped them. Is the Good Branson signing going to help them? I don't know. I think, you know, it's an overpay. Right. And But every team overpays, I guess, to some degree. And that maybe is going to be difficult for them in the long run but I do think overall they took significant steps forward and I think there's a clear direction for this team which you know there's you can't say that for all the teams in the division that's for sure so I think that I am very excited to see how Columbus does this season and if they can put it all together to take that big step forward yeah, are they, they a, are they a playoff team? I don't know. Yeah, I was about to say they may be one year away from being a playoff team, but I think they'll at least be in the conversation or in contention for a playoff spot a lot later than they were this year. So uh, I, I think progress uh, definitely has been made in, in that direction. Any other teams that you would uh, put on this list? Yeah, I would put the Detroit Red Wings on this list. Um, Again, I think I'm just very interested in teams that take significant steps forward, but maybe aren't at the top of the league at this point. 
So I, I think for me, they just made some really smart signings. I mean, you know, Ben Sherratt is maybe the only question mark, but even that is not going to harm you too much. But they picked up Andrew Kopp. Uh, they got Huso as a goaltender. And I, I just really think uh, David Perron, you know, is, again, I think a pretty decent pickup for them. They just kind of took a step forward in all of their positions. And, you know, they still have a little bit of cap space to work with in case of emergency or something comes up. And I just, again, they just have a plan and they're making the right incremental moves. Having a plan is important. It really, really is. It's hard to succeed by chance in the National Hockey League, especially with the salary cap and everything else. And I think you and I can relate to the need for a plan when it comes to your general manager. Yeah. <laughs> uh, one other team I would put on this list, although not as high as the ones we've mentioned so far, I, I like the LA Kings offseason. Uh, mm. I, I think, you know, adding Kevin Fiala is a good move and, you know, the Kings, they sort of snuck into the playoffs. They they surprised people. They were sort of a year ahead of where most people thought they would be. And I think adding Fiala is probably something that will sort of help reinforce the, the progress that they were making and maybe help them get to the next step where they're expected to make the playoffs again. Yeah, I think so, too. And talking about teams with plans, they've had a plan and they exceeded expectations of the plan last season. And so I, I do think the expectations for them go up this year. But I think it's OK, because right. I, I do think that, you know, they've made some improvements and that they have the experience now of being in the playoffs from last year and they're going to be eager to get back. Yeah, I, I think they will, and it'll be interesting to see how well the Fiala move pays off. But I, I am, you know, bullish uh, on the LA Kings. I think they're headed in the right direction, and I think that move will speed that process up. So we've talked a little bit about the teams that are headed in the right direction. When we come back, we'll talk about teams that maybe didn't do so well this offseason. All that and more still to come on this episode of the Locked On NHL podcast. So, Rachel, we, we talked about the winners, if you want to put that in air quotes, uh, this offseason. How about some of the teams that disappointed their fans this offseason? Why don't you start with that? Well, I got to start with my flyers, Gil. I mean, it's just, <laughs> it has been one of the wildest offseasons I think the flyers have ever had. And I say that because of how little was done and how what was done was just so like it, it just came over like a ton of bricks like I, I have just never seen the fan base so united in its disgust for what management did and you know I don't say that lightly it's right. you know there's always been differences of opinion but Considering that Johnny Goudreau was there on a silver platter saying, yes, I would like to play for the Philadelphia Flyers. They have known about this for well over a year. They had to prepare to get the cap space for it. 
and could not get it done. And so much so that they said publicly that the team was out and they don't have the cap space and they're not in a market for a big name free agent. And it's just been absolutely brutal because, you know, to add insult to injury, then the two signings that they make of significance are Tony D'Angelo, who's extremely controversial and they decide to pay him $5 million. So if you add that up to with the Rasmus Ristolainen contract extension that they did during the season, which also was, I think, a huge mistake. That's $10 million of your cap for Ristolainen and Tony D'Angelo. There's your Johnny Goudreau money right there. And I think those two defensemen are very replaceable for guys that make less money than that. And so uh, it's it's just been awful. And then, you know, still kind of reeling from losing Claude Giroux during the season because of all this mess. And then he signs Nick Delorier to a four-year deal for I don't even know why, uh, because supposedly he's physical and can score some goals, uh, which the latter of which is not really true. And I just think that the the direction is just not there the plan is not there just like we were talking in the first segment it's it's been a rough off season i think in flyers land yeah uh, i i think it has been and uh, we'll see where they go from here but it looks like uh rebuilding is the word in philadelphia uh they won't I, say it though no, say no, that. <laughs> it doesn't sell tickets you know i mean but yeah, yeah. It, but yeah. but let's let's be honest. That is what they're doing. Um, some teams actually do admit it, uh, including the next team that that I'm going to mention uh, on this list, the Chicago Blackhawks. Uh, mm. You know, losing to Brinkett, losing Doc. Uh, that's a lot of a lot of those are two young, talented players to lose. Even if Dak didn't quite live up to the expectations just yet. Uh, and you get the feeling, based on the way things are going, that the remaining two veteran star holdouts in in Patrick Kane uh, and Jonathan Taves probably won't finish the season with Chicago if they even start the season with Chicago. They did pick up a lot of draft picks. I think it was three first-round picks they ended up with. But I would say for the next two, three, maybe even four years, uh, there are not going to be a lot of W's next to Chicago when they people look at the standings. I would not think so. Uh, I, I think that it's definitely a rebuilding mode, though, for them. And so while I think they are going to be pretty bad this year, at least it's expected and it's not something where the team says, oh, no, we've made improvements. This year. No, nobody's saying that. Everybody gets that. You know, there's going to be a rebuild. Is there? Is it going to be successful? To be continued. But yeah, um, at least I, I can give them that there are no expectations for the team <laughs> going into next year. Uh, one team that really disappointed me, I think, this offseason is Winnipeg. Mm. I think that they've just been in this place of stagnation without being able to get over this hump into a long playoff run. And nothing they did this year changes that. Um, 
I think the most significant thing that happened, of course, was the coaching hire where it just seemed like almost a lock that Trotz would go there, would like go home and and work there. But he just uh, didn't want to take the job and which is fine. He's entitled to do that. So they hired Rick Bonus, which is fine again, but nothing like awe inspiring. I think he's a fine coach, but I don't think he's a special coach that takes you above and beyond where you are. Right. And then the only significant things they did is uh, they signed Pierre-Luc Dubois to a one-year extension. And then they got uh, David Riddick as a backup for Connor Hellebuck. And that's it. So I don't know what they think is going to improve in Winnipeg when that's all you do. Yeah, it, it, it's like running on a treadmill. You're moving quickly, but not getting anywhere. So, uh, yeah, not not going to work out. Uh, I'm I'm going to mention in passing the New York Islanders. Only mentioning them in passing because rumors, a lot of buzz out there. Maybe Nazem Kadri comes. Maybe there's right. they got to make another trade. So as of right now, as of the time we're recording this, I would put the Islanders on a list of teams that have disappointed this offseason. They're the only team that since free agency started have not made any moves officially. But that is subject to change, so I'm going to reserve it, but I did have to mention it. The The next team on my list, though, has got to be the Vegas Golden Knights. Uh, yep. It, we it, started it, with it, Vegas, got to wrap up with Vegas. Come back around right. to Vegas. Uh, we mentioned Patchy already. Not going to have the Donov, Coughlin, you mentioned, uh, Matthias Janmark. I mean, there's a lot of people heading out of Vegas, and I don't know where the replacements are coming from. Yeah, I mean, they also, um, I don't know, they signed Riley Smith. Yes. Um, And then I think the one thing they did, which is actually a really good thing, is hiring Bruce Cassidy. I think Mm -hmm. that is going to help them tremendously. I think he's a really good coach. And so, you know, with all the cat problems they have and the scoring problems that they're going to have, this year, at least they're going to have good systems in place and some discipline. So uh, I will give them that. But as a from a personnel perspective, yeah, it, it is not a good situation there. No, not not at all. So any other teams you feel we should touch on? I think we've covered my list pretty much. Yeah, that's that's pretty much my list as well. You know, obviously, Carolina might have made my good team list but now there's a little bit of a, a question mark there for me again not their fault I think they did a good job but um, I, I think there's some question marks there for me as well I think maybe Edmonton gets an honorable mention for me in terms of teams that did well um, I think that they you know they got Jack Campbell in net which is I think a good move for them and uh, hopefully they can actually make a real playoff run. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, that'll, that'll be interesting to see. And I, I agree with you there. Uh, wanted to touch on two other pieces of sad news before we headed out. Uh, we want to send our condolences to Edmonton Oilers, uh, the family of Edmonton Oilers, super fan, Ben uh, Stelter, six years old, passes away from uh, glioblastoma, which is a form of brain cancer. 
And, uh, you know, he was so great to watch his enthusiasm and his love for the Oilers and for the sport of hockey. And it's just so sad uh, to hear about his passing uh, the other day. And, and you know, it, you just hate to see something like that. Yeah, it's really good to see the Oilers fan community and the team kind of rally around the family and you know, especially all the players, including Connor McDavid, had a pretty special relationship with him. And so I'm really happy to see that they're going to continue to honor him and just keep the family part of the Oilers community. Yeah, yeah. No, they, they've handled it uh it- with class and, and again, our condolences to the family and then the hockey world also getting some more bad news, uh, former Maple Leafs and Red Wings defenseman hockey hall of famer Borja Salming, uh, now has ALS Lou Gehrig's disease. He's 71 years old and, uh, you know, obviously going to be facing some tough times, uh, in, in the coming years. I remember Salming, one of the first Swedish players to come to the NHL back in 1973. And, you know, he overcame sort of the, the uh, prejudice against European players, that they were soft, that they, they wouldn't do well in the physical style of the NHL. And he was a, a great defenseman, a great teammate. And, and from everybody I've spoken to who's interacted with him, a, a class act on and off the ice. And and we certainly wish him and his family all the best in what is going to be a, a difficult time facing a disease where there is no cure. Yeah, it's really tough. And again, you know, best wishes to him and his family. All right. Well, uh, that is going to do it for this episode of the Locked On NHL podcast. I will be back on Monday with three of our local experts talking about the biggest stories from around the league. Have a great weekend, everybody. Stay safe. And thanks so much for listening to the Locked On NHL podcast.